welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Knock on podcast. This is a fan favorite, dude. I'm just going to let you know. Obviously, you know who my guest is just by the laugh. You're the only guest that I think talks louder than me, too. Well, you talk louder than any human on earth. (laughs) Thank you, John. (laughs) With Chad Ward. I can't even say Big Chad Ward anymore. I mean, you still can. You're still, I'm going to call you Medium Chad? Solid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, S- solid C dubs. Yeah, you've lost a hundred and eighty freaking pounds, dude. Yes, sir. Since when did you start? Was it it's the been, Oklahoma when I did the cook for that Traeger for the? Uh, you know, I, I was going back and looking at pictures, and I want to say it was I was looking the first Super Bowl that I did was in Houston, and um and that was it was not long after that because I remember we had to. We had to walk through security, and it was about a mile walk to get to where we were cooking. And I remember the first day getting there and, it, like, feeling like I was going to die. You know <laughs> oh, what I mean? And I'm, like, I'm like, and I'm like, dude, you, walking a mile should not be, like, this hard on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was kind of the day that I made a decision, like, you know what, I'm going to try to figure out something and, and get myself a little bit healthier. And, and I've done it, I mean, just really kind of living by the keto diet. You know, it's – it's it's been really good for me, and you know I'll, I'll have times where I'll go off for, you know, a week or two, and then get back really strict on it. And what I kind of find is by shocking my body like that, I get really really good results, and uh, have just really stayed at it, and I feel so much better. I mean, it's 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 amazing for anybody out there that's that's kicking it around, thinking about getting healthier. Just go ahead and do it, and and set small goals. I mean, my first goal was lose twenty pounds. You know what I mean, and and do it within. 45 days so I yep. did it within 22 days you know what I mean and and just set those small accomplishments crush them and then you you really can notice they start to pile up what's crazy with you though is your obstacles were freaking seriously severe yeah I mean it's one thing if I said I was going to go keto you know it's one thing if I said that one I wasn't at a size where, you know. I mean, it's, it's over 500 it, pounds. Yeah, it's, I, it's, yeah. it's hard or I had bad habits. But more importantly, your universe is around temptation of freaking food. Other than probably the seven hours you sleep. I don't know how long yeah. you sleep. But let's say you slept seven. Um, you're around food every other hour of the day yeah. it's part of your life so for you to track because you traveled with portions yep you know to start out you travel with portions which how many how many flights do you take a year uh, i think i did around two hundred thousand miles last year okay so literally i met you three years ago when was uh, did you figure almost four so three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah. Okay, so you've done over half a million miles in yep. an airplane already, and you were disciplined enough for several years, you know, the last two and a half years maybe, yep. to where you were portioning off. Keto actually fits well. I agree with you. I feel like 
I feel like I feel the best when I eat that way, when I really cut out certain starches and breads and stuff. All, all that heaviness, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But there's times where there's times where my head I just there's times where my body tells me like I need two slices of a whole grain toast with a buttload of butter on top. Yep. And I'll do it. And those are days where, you know, maybe I'm just needing the cognitive functioning of writing an article or being kind of in a heavy meeting or something like that. And there's times where I need to do it. But then, like you said, I I feel like my body responds well when I cycle, you know, I feel like I need to have cheat days and I feel like I need to have, I feel like I need to have times where I'm disciplined too, because when I'm in the discipline mode, I know that if I'm making the decisions to eat smarter, not I you know, I, I don't feel like you should say healthier, but I think if you eat smarter, you don't want to waste that by not being disciplined on the fitness side. So didn't you start out by just doing walks? Yep. When you first started? Yep, just started walking around the neighborhood. Just get up every morning and just do a lap around the neighborhood and then a lap turned into two laps and now just you know, I, I like to I've got a gym that's probably two miles from the house. And, and and for me, when I was an athlete, like me and Alex were just talking about this, like I was really serious into lifting for a while. Like I mean, at my at my best, I was two hundred and ten pounds bench pressing over five fifty. Um, but but now when I go in the gym, I'm very you know three sets of twelve. You know, yep. it, it's it's much more about heart rate, heart just rate, keep, staying, just, and, yeah, yeah, not taking long breaks, just. Yep. And, and, and getting in there and like like I remember back then when I was lifting like that like I'd be in the gym for two hours half yeah. of it would be looking in the mirror yeah and um now it's like dude I want to be in and out in forty five to fifty five minutes yeah but but when you walk out you're spent yeah you know what I mean and uh, and a lot of that though comes from hanging out with like you know and and you were always one that hey dude anything I can help you to get healthier you know I'm here I don't want to you know, you were never pushy about it, but you were always like, dude, you got me if you need me. Yeah. And really hanging around you and Andy was just one of those things like, dude, look at these guys. Like, I remember you guys coming back from, from elk hunt. Like, oh, we covered 14 miles today. And it's like, dude, that's rad. Like, I want to be able to do that one day. Like, yeah. I want to be able to go out and, and have that kind of hunt and not worry about my feet hurting, my back hurting. Am I going to freaking collapse? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was all things that just kind of helped kind of lead to this. You know, I'm going to do this. For, and, and, and the big wake up moment too was when I went to my doctor and he said, you know what, Chad? He said, when I look at your blood work, you look like you're six foot, 220 pounds. He goes, and the day that he goes, and, and if you don't make a change, there's going to be a time where when that turns, it's going to turn really bad. Like, we're talking yeah. diabetes. We're talking, and that was another big wake up call. Like, okay, I need to do something. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you ever like checked your steps through the day? Cause honestly, dude, you hustle all day long. I, I will tell you, it's funny. We were, we went and did, so I weighed like the Thursday before Super Bowl week. And then I got home nine days later. And we worked 20 hour days. Um, and we were going, I lost like 16 pounds because it's like, you're around food the whole time. So you don't have this, oh man, I'm hungry. You yeah. know what I mean? But, but I will tell you, I, I keep up my steps. And in those nine days, I think I averaged like 21,000 steps a day. Yeah. Cause we were in it. The, the way the Dan Patrick show set was, it was pretty interesting. They actually took and converted a parking garage into a studio. 
So anytime we had to get stuff up and down up to the set, it was all stairs. Do you remember a time where you hit a certain weight to where you felt like you were able to be more mobile? Because when we first met, you spent a lot of time like your Yeti was your <coughs> your grill prop. Yep. I mean, you you were on that thing a lot, yep. but you don't tote that. I haven't seen you with that in the last two times or three times yep. we've been around each other. You, uh, you you don't sit down as much. I would say uh, Nicole's in here with us. I, did you do the Dante Hightower event with us? No, so we did an event for Dante Hightower um, this football season for his charity with the Patriots. And that event I had – Tyler, Amanda, everybody that worked with me said, dude, it's the first time. And it was like a 16-hour event. Like, we started at 8 a.m. and wrapped up damn near midnight. And um, they go, dude, you did not sit down one time today. Yeah. Like, and, and, and we fed friggin' 225 people, you know what I mean? Like a full mm-hmm. meal. And uh, and for me, I think that was the point where I went, yeah, dude, this is this is nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's really good. So, you know, once again, anybody out there that's thinking about it, man, just set a small goal and you accomplish that one, set a little bit bigger goal, accomplish that one. And then just for me, so another one that's been a a, a big kind of motivator for me is Andy Stumpf has given me a weight yep. that when I hit it, we're oh gonna, we're, damn, we're that's gonna, right. We're gonna tandem. We're jump jumping together. out of a plane. So we're about. <laughs> yeah, uh, and dude, dog. I want you to be part of that too, bro. Yeah, me and Trevor are gonna bail yeah, out. so I'm right a, behind you guys. We're about like sixty pounds away. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. So I'm hoping uh, summer of this year, San Diego or wherever Freaking we want to bomb do it. you in attack, bro. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a <laughs> have blast, you tandem but, uh, into the Traeger. <laughs> Traeger tent attack. There you go. That'd be awesome. But, dude, it, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And it's one of those things, like, and for me, that's going to be a big deal because, like, I've always been scared of heights and, and this and that. But, like, it's just another layer to be able to break through and, and, and to be able to do it with someone like Andy, probably one of the best jumpers in the world. You know what I mean? That's like, so awesome. How amazing. That's so awesome. The other thing, too, that makes this trip, because we've been filming some really cool Traeger segments. Yeah. Next month, Traeger's got a massive launch. We can't really talk about, but there's definitely going to be some really awesome new aspects to the app and, and to the Traeger's TraegerGrills.com slash recipes. recipes. How many times? I, I have think we that's had to etched see? in our head oh, now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or download, download the, the app. app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's hey. definitely been. Hey, John. Welcome to the Traegerhood. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the Traegerhood. Yeah, we 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 had uh, some of the stuff you do in the backgrounds is awesome. But you know what's so surreal to me is why am I even doing this? Oh, dude, the answer is the freaking access deer roast. <laughs> Those tacos, guys. You're gonna all right. So we can't talk too much about what's happening in March, but there's gonna be a chance for you to cook on a video with John Dudley. This access deer shoulder that he cooked for like braised on the Traeger at 200 degrees for 20 hours. 225. 225. Sorry, that's why I got to cook with you. I got to yep. download the recipe, and um, and it is so amazing. Like, literally, I am one to never take leftovers home. Never. I scraped the bottom of that Dutch oven, and that is going back to my hotel room with me tonight. I don't know if I'll eat it or if I'm gonna make love to it. It's a 50-50 right now, Doug. It's a 50-50 right now, bro. Just rub it around. Yeah. 
you know what's crazy is uh, a couple years ago when we had a Traeger launch, I think it was two years ago, and we did uh, we just did this random team draw, and then everybody just had to run in and grab chickens and different things, and you had to just come up with a, a was it a light meat and a dark meat dish? Yep, yep. And then there was also the cocktail portion. We won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You aced it. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, Shaz and I were like, Okay, this is totally our ball game. Uh, but then for the other one, Arcel, our team, and Mendez. I think Mendez won, and I think we came in second. Yep. But there was some super legit pit bosses in culinary teams here that I lost the two outdoor guys. Yeah, lost the two outdoor guys, which I was at that time. Was I only maybe under your tutelage for a year? Yeah, maybe? yeah, right around have no type of cooking experience at all, which is kind of what I think is so cool about it is sometimes people that take things back to the basics, and I say this so much, but it is so true. There's certain things to cooking that are timeless. There's certain things to an old fashioned that's timeless. There's certain We had one of those today. Yeah, and we made a – I think the drink that we did that won it was – it was a Tom Collins, wasn't it? Yep. It was like a – we had to do some version of a Tom Collins but with smoked. Um, But it's like when you stick to the basics on those things and you can repeat it because if someone likes something, what they want is repeatability. Yep. And when I I learned to shoot my first good archery shot – what I wanted to know was how do I do it again? You know, I didn't want to have to wait 10 years to reinvent another way to make that shot that easy. I wanted to know how do I do it again? And then over time, I just simplified out like, okay, this guy talks a lot about a, about this, and I focused on that for a long time. But in the end, if I like, you know, it's kind of like you have balsamic vinegar. In the end, if you just simmer it all down to what's, really left the sticky part at the end yeah that's all you need to drizzle on yeah you don't need to soak it in the whole bath so that's what i've always done is just try to do reductions you know okay what's the different things to think about with stance here's all the different things that people talk about stance but in the end what's the reduction you know when i when I reduce Get this it all down, down to the yes. Yeah, what are the and I I break it down into what looks right and what feels right. You know, this looks right and yeah, I feel right. Next on the list type thing. Well, it, it was interesting because, you know, me me and you've talked about kind of I've always wanted to take up archery and we're gonna make that happen here sooner mm-hmm. than later. But it but it was cool in Cato watching you teach Mark Carter. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and and once again, I think it was kind of neat because Mark being a snowboarder, he has this stance. Well, that stance just happens to be really close to what an archery stance is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the balance and the way you want your 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 weight on your toes and, and those like so he already had so many you know steps ahead because he's been doing this his whole life. But it was cool to kind of watch how you teach, and I've been able to see this now four or five times. It's not rocket science, John. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and once again, you're trying to train people to where it's repeatable. Yeah. And, and as a competition barbecue cook by nature, I can go back. You know, the other day I was looking, and I've got 
eight composition books that have notes from over a hundred contests I've cooked. Because it was one of those, hey, if I go perfect score a rib, I want to make sure that the next contest, I know exactly what I did. Yep. And even to the point of view of, you know, it doesn't matter as much on a Traeger, but when I was cooking on some other grills back early in my career, like I wanted to know where was the wind coming from? Mm-hmm. What was the humidity? Because that's all going to affect the bark, the the tenderness of the meat. Mm-hmm. And so I would just always notate all that stuff once again, just so you can be, you know, repeatable and have those same results. For you, I just stuck to the basic things of what you said for every single thing. And the longer I've cooked, the fewer types of – I almost feel bad because you send me some of your spices and – Pittman sends me some of, you know, meat church stuff. And there's times where I'm like, you know what? In the end, I have like four things. Even though the other ones are good. You love that blazing bird. The blazing bird is the <laughs> you bomb. You love that. Yeah, the blazing bird. For chicken, if you don't have it, get out of my face. I'm going to eat something else. And you put it like, you've used it like in soups too. Like you, Oh, yeah. Dude, a tortilla soup on top yeah. is dynamite. Yeah. Leftover... Leftover Traeger chicken made into a tortilla soup oh. with that on top of like an avocado. You know, if you float some avocados yep. on the top and then put that on the top, it's awesome. It's really, really good on tilapia. Yes. Like if you do tilapia. Um, tilapia to me is one of those blank canvases. You can kind of take it wherever you want to go with your smoke and your. And it's your so light, though. You have to have some type of bite to it. Yes. The blazing bird is is awesome, but you need it in. I always do a mango salsa on a romaine. Like if you grill a, a romaine shell, like, yep. you know, grill it yep. on each side quick, and then put that tilapia in there with that. It's, Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's really, it's really awesome. But when I learned from you, all I, the one thing you said that really stuck to me is, I was so focused on cooking based on time because, you know, even back when you. When I bought my first turkey and cooked my first turkey, they said, put in it 350 and and cook it for, you know, about so many hours a pound, yep. right? And you taught me, hey, dude, it doesn't matter what temperature you cook at. It doesn't matter what – it doesn't matter the time. It doesn't really matter the temperature. What matters is what is the internal temperature. And if you learn, like – People want cheat codes. Those are the cheat codes. The simple, simple cheat codes are uh, red meat. Uh, If you like rare, 130. If you like medium, 140. Pick your temperature in between. For me, 138 is the number I pull. I wrap it. I rest it. I never let it rest more than 20 minutes. You know, for me, it seems like 18. I'll unfoil it, lay it out so it. You know, the juice yeah. kind of puddles, and then I'll run get my veggies, put those on people's plate, and I'm cutting right on the cutting board yep, putting right going on, the on with the meat. It's like, if you learn that, good. Chicken. Rest. That that was one of the key things I think I taught you was how key the, well, the rest is. The reverse sear was a big one. Yep. You know, which. I mean, our buddy Joe calls it the Chad Ward process. Yeah, I mean. that is. The Chad <laughs> Ward process. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. You know, resting it. And if you like a sear, which I'm not always a fan of. I actually like it when you put enough rub on to where the rub is a bark without having to be. I don't like the meat burn. To, to, to me, what I liked. So today, 
what was perfect for me was that Venice and backstrap you did. Yeah. The bone-in one. Mm-hmm. That, to me, had – there was enough seasoning on the outside that I got that crust I desired. Yeah. And then that bite was just like, – I think we passed that chop around to, like, four people. That – that bone Two of back them strap was was, <laughs> was absolutely so destroyed. Yeah, in this it was place. so good, man. But the key to that is one of the big ones for me is coffee. Yeah, coffee creates a bark. A lot of people say, "How do you get that kind of color on your back straps?" I try so much, and it, and it's like the color isn't coming from. There's people that think they have to smoke something for hours to get that, but you told me you're like once. Once that smoke ring gets to a certain point, it doesn't keep going. No, well, you know? once meat gets to about 145 degrees internal, the the adding on a smoke is is pretty well done. That's done. Yeah, yeah. the The coffee is what gives mine the bark. Yeah, but it's almost like I'm not a big I have <laughs> I'm not a big shake and bake person. Last night we had I had a duck I had a duck leg that had too much. I don't know what was on it. I'd say it was like a shake and bake, but the duck was awesome, but there was almost too much of, there was like too much of that stuff on there. But sometimes when you get a, and like duck, something so delicious, don't mm, cover it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, no, I re- agree. no reason to put a cardigan on that thing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you sear meat too much, I don't like the initial start of the bite where it's almost like you're chewing through leather before yep. you get to something that's awesome. Yep. You know, I feel like I don't want to go through leather, leather to get to sashimi. So there you go. You know, that's that's why I like the crunch to be that outer rub, and then you don't. And, and, and if once you, again, th- if that's what you like, then when you go to reverse sear, you don't have to go to five hundred. You can go to three seventy five, four hundred degrees. Yep. And 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 still achieve that. That Maillard reaction where protein's caramelized but not over caramelized to where you've got almost a skin on it. You know what I mean? What's your go-to cook temp? I will tell you what, man. If you told me I could only cook at one temp for the rest of my life, it'd be two seventy-five. Really? Yeah. So because I, I feel Joe's like I can, the same. I can cook honestly. I can cook brisket there. I can put cook pork butt there. Makes yeah. It really, well, you would have to really I mean. damn good chicken breast at two seventy-five. Um, so yeah, do that, you do that chicken be, at two seventy five? Um, it, it, skinless. Oh okay. If if it's a whole chicken or so like boneless, skinless chicken breast, two seventy five all day long. But like if it's something like a like a spatchcock chicken, which is one of my favorites to cook. I haven't done one yet. I'll go like three seventy five because you want that cri- that skin to get a little crisp. Also, another tip for the knock on nation out there is if you are gonna do chicken, you can add a little bit of cornstarch into your rub. That cornstarch will help pull some of that uh, moisture out of the skin, get you a little more crisp skin at that higher temp. Ooh. Hashtag bonus coverage. Dang. Yeah, I'm a big 375 on chicken. Like, because at 375 for me, I can put um, sweet potatoes on at the exact yeah. same time and you can just mark it down. It's like an hour and a half almost. And that was the other thing. I always re- looked at what the the chicken package said to cook it to and you're already you're already like killing yourself right then so you told me thickest part of the breast 165 well 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 so we want to get to a finished temperature at 165 so so to me like when i cook if if i cook breast alone i'll cook them to 160 
And then I'll pull them off and let them carry over cook to 165 if I'm wanting that really, really moist breast. Um, when we publish a recipe, we You're have to say... You're saying that's the boneless. Because bo- I don't like to rest a full chicken because then the, the skin The skin gets, gets soft. Yeah, exactly. So I would take it to 165, then you can pull it right off and, and okay. slice and dice. Okay. But, dude, you got to do a spatchcock. It'll change your life. Really? Yeah. I just think it looks dumb. No. What? Yeah. Dude, it's so much more grammable than a regular whole chicken. It looks like a flounder. Flounders look stupid. <laughs> John Dudley hates flounders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just looks like someone stomped it, but it's still alive, and its eyes are on both sides of its freaking body. You know, I like some 3D. You know, okay. God gave me 3D eyes, so... You're going, yeah, I don't you're mind going a whole chicken. chicken. Yeah, right. dude. I say sit that sucker on a and throne. You've never, and you've never spatchcocked a turkey for Thanksgiving? No. Also, Gosh. doesn't look appropriate. Dude. Yeah. I thought we knew each other. It's the flounder. <laughs> that's the that's the, fla- the, fl- the that's the flounder of the fence. Is <laughs> <laughs> a spatchcock turkey. <laughs> spatchcock chicken. Flounder of the fence. Yeah. Uh, no, I, and you can cook them a lot quicker too, right? You can, yeah. How how much quicker? I would say I can do a spatchcock at 375 on a three-and-a-half-pound chicken in 60 to 75 minutes. Dang, okay. Well, see, then my sweet potatoes wouldn't be done, so I'm out. So you got to tell me on your sweet potatoes because I know you're a big sweet potato fan. Mm-hmm. What 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 are you hitting those things with? Like what 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 are you finishing? Aluminum with? foil, baby. But but like you got to have a little <laughs> little butter, cinnamon. What are you, what are you working on there to finish it with? I think if you cook them to the point where they start to bubble out yeah. a little bit on themselves, I don't think you need anything other than than a salted butter. Got you personally, because normally if I'm eating like your blazing bird on that that chicken, and I'm a big proponent of. I like the orange kill cliff. Yeah. Orange kill cliff on on a throne for chicken is the bomb for me. Yeah. And I feel like That's I, kind of the OG kill cliff too. Like that that's the that's like the drink that got both of us kill cliffing. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? For sure. But I feel like if I have that spicy chicken like that, which I really like on the skin and I like it crispy, I I, I don't like to go from like a cinnamon brown sugar vibe. You don't to want that. to go from sweet to spice. Like like you've got enough going on your tongue that if you that's me. Yeah yeah. I I love I love a sweet potato even with without anything. Yeah. I mean they're if you cook them. You, would you, would you, you say your favorite veg? Or is it, is a sweet potato a fruit? Ooh, is it a fruit? I don't know. I don't no. know. I mean, but you're killing the veg game right good, now. For so as I mean, good as it is, I don't know. You're a big asparagus fan too. And I'm a Brussels sprout fan. Oh, dude, a charred Brussels sprout on the Traeger shut the front door. Yeah, peppered, like, a it, peppered bacon, bacon, bacon on the Traeger is a game changer. Yes, and and I will tell you a hint that I like on Brussels sprouts on the Traeger. Don't do olive oil. Do sesame oil. Oh, that's right. I've done those for you before. Yeah, at hunt camp, and that sesame oil just gives that Brussels sprout a little bit of nuttiness. You know what else that you did? That is just crazy nutty. You know, you know what else you did that was really good? Um, when you did those that bacon Brussels sprout, but you added in just a little bit of sriracha mayo. Yeah. Those were – because a balsamic reduction Brussels sprout with, with bacon is a fan favorite. Yeah. Probably, 
probably rates up there with me. And you don't want to overcook a Brussels sprout. That's I hated them because my mom boiled them to yeah. death. So they just, you know, turned. It was like, you know, it was either a match or a fart in the kitchen. But, you know, it was just like boiling Brussels sprouts so they're white. But if you get to the point where you just cut those things and then flash sear them Ste- on, yeah, on dude, each side. St- stem them, half them. Yep. Lay them, them up. Lay them down on the halves on, on oh. some sesame oil. And, you know, just make sure you have a real hot cast iron. Yeah. You know. The cast iron flats are nice because you can do bacon on there. Sure. You can easily do Brussels on there. Um, I, I, I and A lot of times, even if you don't have that cast iron flat, I'll do bacon in a disposable pan. Yeah. Because then do you've, got, you've got all those fat drippings, too, mm-hmm. that now you can use, you know, you, you can cut back in with some balsamic to hit over the top. If someone wanted – if someone has a Traeger – Let's say let's come up with the ten most important things, and let's let's come up with the ten most important things. This is like Traeger one hundred and one. All right, so you've got a Traeger. Um, let's start with okay. If you've got a Pro Series or Ironwood, I would say your number one thing you need is the front shelf. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's just, not number one. I would put that ten. Duds, you're handling food in and out. That front shelf's like your best friend. That's ten. I mean, it's like a one, but let's with a go zero behind it. Let's go eight. Okay, we'll go eight. All right, we're gonna. We have no pen to write this down. I was gonna say, first and foremost, um, I think the most important thing is learning to use a probe, whether it's the probe that comes with it or whether you just go ahead and get a therma pen. Well, I, I will tell you. So I, I think there's room for both of those. We'll call them 1A and 1B. Okay. So the leave-in probe to me is kind of my yardstick. Like, oh, we're getting close. Okay. And then I like to be able to take my thermopen and go in and hit a couple different pieces of the meat. Yeah. And and see where we're at across it. Do I need to do I need Well, to and if turn you're doing it? burgers, it's nice to be able to bounce around because not every patty is the same size. Exactly. So you're every able to say, like, life. this one's done, this one's not. Or yeah. if someone's like, I don't like mine pink, I like mine just barely brown. It's yeah. like, this one's ready. You yeah. know, this one's at 145, 150 or whatever. Yep. But, and then. The no, other, I would definitely say that's, that's number one. A good, using the probe, paying attention to the temperature of the meat. And then having that instant read to get a couple different readings on what's going on in your grill. Totally agree. You know what I say is That's number, number two? That's number one draft pick. What I think is number two, and one of the things that I feel like is the most neglected for consumers to know, is the cooking pot and the importance of just cleaning. Yes. I think every – here's the thing. You have to think of it like this. If you have a small campfire pit in the backyard, if you have a – of awesome campfire burning, but everyone's tired and you know, like the night's spent and we're going to put that fire out. If you just extinguish that fire, but leave all that old wood sitting in there. Well, the next day when you go out, you're not going to relight that, you know, no. especially, especially if you don't put it out the right way. So understanding that on a Traeger, when you put it in shutdown mode, it doesn't keep dumping pellets onto the fire. It doesn't add wood to the fire. All it does is it blows on the fire long enough to fully extinguish the pellets, the whole pellets that are still left in there. But in the end, when you burn something, they're soot. So, you know, if you want to have a full fire or a full bonfire, you need to have your fire pit cleaned out. Yep. You know, every 
every so often I have to dig out my little fire pit because, you know, there's residue in there. Yeah, and, and I will tell you, I mean, when you look at it and you look at our support calls we get here at Trigger, 60% of them go back to grill maintenance. Mm-hmm. And for me, I always say go buy one of those bucket heads for 19.95 at Home Depot, put it on a five-gallon bucket, and leave it right under your Trigger. And every bag of pellets that you go through, pull everything out, vacuum it out. Now on the Gen 2 grills, you can just hit prime auger, and it's going to go ahead and push all the pellets to the fire pot yeah. for you. And that way you've got, like you said, nice clean wood, yep. clean fire. Um, a lot of times when people say, well, my grill won't get to this temperature. Well, you know why? Because it's got two inches of ash yeah. built up in the bottom. You're and, only, and, 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 you're and you only able to throw one little pellet you know one one little stack of wood on top well, rather than filling all, the whole thing well, up. and all that ash impacts the airflow yeah you know what i mean yeah so you want to make sure you've got all that out of there so that you've got really good airflow all the way around the fire pot it's really easy too i have a small shop back honestly i got mine on every black friday if you have like a true value or menards they have those mini shop vacs for yep they're always on a Black Friday. They're like 10 bucks. I have one at my farm and I have one at my house. You know, as soon as I need to add pellets to the hopper, then I'll just go ahead and remove the grate, get, you know, open up the, the cover so that I can see into that pot. I'll vacuum that out. It literally takes two seconds. And then what I'll do is I'll remove the foil or the foil liner that I have on the drip, you know, on the drip yep. pan. Because that's a that's an important thing, you know. If you were cooking in your house, you know, people remove cooking grease off pans, right? Yep. And you know, people wouldn't just people wouldn't keep cooking bacon with bacon grease every time they did in the same pan. They remove it. So you have to be able to have a clean slate, and it's so easy to do that. Put a new foil down. Put a new foil pan down. And you don't you have put your new pellets yeah. in. I think that's number two. That I, I definitely would agree with you. Now, number three, and I will tell you what I thought when I saw this the first time. It was the stupidest accessory ever. But I used the hell out of that pigtail. Oh, yeah. I mean, because think about it. You can use that pigtail to pick up a slab of ribs. Yep. Flip steaks. Yep. Pork chops. Chicken breast. Spatchcock chickens. Yep. Like, from, and I was like, dude, it's a hook. Yep. What am I going to do with this? But I will tell you what, like, I probably have You can not, grab anything and let it go. I have not used a set of barbecue tongs in probably two and a half years. Really? I'll, I'll use plus a spatula for burgers. Plus, you don't puncture it as much. Yeah, like, no, you know, no, it's you, just a it's If just you a jab quick... a fork into a brand new chicken, obviously, it's going to start well, leaking and, and, out. And, and my thing about tongs is, like, if you talk about ribs, where, you know, you've set this gorgeous sauce on these ribs, and you go and grab it with tongs. Yeah. Well, now you got a big tong mark right yeah. in the middle of your ribs. Whereas I can take that last rib that I, that I kept on there that I'm not going to feed anybody. It's yeah. real thin. Yeah. But I can use my pigtail to hook that and Lift pull it, it off the grill, and my and my sauce is still pristine. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So I, I like that one. Are, are you okay with pigtail at three? Yeah, yeah. I like pigtail at three. I think some of the basics are going to be olive oil. Yes. Salt. I, 
olive oil, salt, prime rib rub, blazing bird. Dude, you've seen me do so much. Dude, I have seasoned so many vegetables, salads. That prime rib rub is just a. You can put it on anything. You really could. It's just a great rub. If you only could have one, that would be it. That would be it, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that trigger prime rib rub is is a uh, 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 kind of the the multi tool, if you will. Yeah, I think people could have if you had your Traeger and you have a little bitty, I don't know if you have like a you know a little bitty Yeti bucket next to it or something. Um, and I normally when I travel, I take I take the Yeti hopper. Yep, I'm a that would be one of them too. Yes, you, this, these are all like. Top ten things that make you better as a griller. Yep. Uh, you and you could put everything we talked about probably in there. You could put a mini pigtail. You could put olive oil. You could put prime rib rub. You could put just rock salt. You know, yep. I would say you know a kosher rock salt. Um, for sure, prime. For rib you guys rub. that are looking for a really good salt out there, um, Jacobson. Yeah. Jacobson's got a great salt. You can get smoked. Yep, you you got the you got the smoked cherry salt that that we do with them in conjunction, or even if just a good table salt. Mm-hmm. Um, there, been fortunate to get to know Ben Jacobson, the the owner of Jacobson Salt, pretty well. Really good guy, and uh, just delicious, delicious oh, yeah. product. It's awesome. Okay, so we've got number one. We said Thermopen, yep. which I agree. I you know I travel with Thermopen. I travel with a a knife and a zip case and it's got a thermopen in there. Yep. Normally if I go to some place to cook for the first time, I'll take, you know, prime rib rib rub with me for sure. Yep. If I know I'm doing a red meat, I'll take some knocked and loaded coffee, which yep. is my favorite, but we won't put that on the list. Um, we should. A coffee rub is pretty dynamite right now. I'll tell you, so I've got one called the grind that I do yeah. in and, and it's literally uh, 92% my rocks rub, yep. ground down a little finer with 8% coffee added. Okay. And and I'm not a – I like coffee. Yeah. And I'll drink maybe one cup a day. But what I love about coffee rubs, even the Traeger coffee rub too. Yeah. Like it doesn't beat you over the head with it. It just yeah. adds another depth of savory. Well, once it, once it cooks, it changes. It, it, it does. It know, really you, does. If you ate coffee, like if you get coffee grounds in your coffee, that's a totally different beast than once it's grilled. Well, and, and I th- and I think for people that's a hard, hard something to realize. You yeah. know what I mean? What did you, what did you learn different? I don't know if we've got to the ten. We're probably pretty close. But what did you learn different? The Yeti would be one. I think people learning to. I think. Honestly, I think once again, you know what else? Temperature instead of time. Yeah, you know what else would is really helpful is a foil, like utilizing foil pans. Yes, they're so convenient. You know, if you don't have a vegetable basket, you could still cook in a foil pan yep. if you want to. Yep. Getting some of those half-sized foil pans, they're so convenient to have because then. You could use those on brats and burgers and learn to do a beer bath, mm-hmm. you know, 50% beer with butter in. Um, that just – that way you can pull burgers off when they're done. You can put them in there. And, and let them chill. Yeah, yeah, and you could put your grill on warm, and then if you're serving people at a barbecue throughout the whole day, brats and burgers in that beer bath, they're good the whole time. 
Completely agree. No, I love that. And, and disposable pans to me are one of those things that's like, I'm going to go buy them in bulk. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Costco. last thing I want to do is be in the middle of a cook looking for a disposable <laughs> pan. You know what I mean? Like, that. that is they're, – they're very economical, and, and they do a great job. And uh, even for those people out there now that are, are wanting to have reusable, I, I will tell you, uh, Canbro sent me some of their – so they've got reusable um, half pans. Oh, okay. Really good, man, and oh, really? so easy to clean up. Oh, Almost really? like cleaning up a nice um, no-stick skillet. Like literally, oh, really? I'll get done with it while it's warm. I can take a paper towel, wipe it out, wipe it down, and it's good to go. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So yeah, what was some of the things that you learned different about cooking wild game? You know, I mean, for me, the the thing always about wild game is just understanding the fat content. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's being a being you know a, a barbecue guy from the beginning. We're used to you know especially like briskets where we're cooking you know Snake River wagyu's. Yeah. You know so much marbling, but being able to take like access deer like you did today and some of those that are so lean. I mean, for me, I'm I'm pulling that stuff so much earlier. Yeah, that's rule than number if one. I, if I were cooking a domestic, I said that on my. On my video today that I did, I said the most important thing you can remember about wild game is you cannot overcook it. If you tr- if you cook this Don't to well done. Don't kill that animal twice. <laughs> That's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, if you can't if if you can't eat meat that's medium or medium well at the most. And some people get a little bit weirded out by what they feel like is is blood? Um, it's myoglobin. It's not right. blood. Yeah. Yep. And and letting stuff rest. This is like we talked about having that Yeti hopper. People ask, does it have to be a Yeti? Honestly, I don't know. I've been at because pla- that's what we've always done. Yeah. I've been at places where they just have like an old igloo. I've been at places where I, I, they don't have one, and I've had to like stage it in a microwave well, or the other or thing an I've oven. done, John, is an unlit oven. Yep. Ovens are pretty well insulated. So, but it isn't the same. No, it's not. It's close. Like you'll have, there'll be consistency when you cut when you cut into that meat. It won't be like just juicy in the middle. There will be, you know, it'll kind of start to start to be moist right when you start to cut it. But there's a difference when it's like whatever whatever's happening in there. You know, you don't want to put something that's in too big of a container. But those Yeti hoppers are like the perfect size for rack straps, yeah. tenderloins. You know, for butts and stuff, I kind of like a Yeti forty five is better, or ribs. A Yeti forty five yeah. is better. But um, all that other stuff, if you wrap it and put it in there, it just there's like moisture that almost creates itself within that yep. unit and it doesn't escape. I've done it in some other things and it hasn't been as good. So it's not scientific. That's just my opinion. No, I, I but I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I think in the, and, and both of us have been fortunate to work with Yeti for years, yeah. but when it comes to rest and meeting a Yeti, it's just, it's a slam dunk. It really is. Um, what about the one know, thing, the, the one thing when you were talking about wild game that, I got to go back to, and I know you love this. I think it was our, our last trip to Cato. Um, my friend Julie gave me this char siu marinade recipe. And remember we took that, that, that hog 
Yeah. And marinated in that for like 24 hours. Probably the best wild hog we've ever had. I mean, that was... Remember the char on the outside of yeah. that? And then just the flavor was... Oh, my gosh. It was so good. What all was in that? Do you remember? Oh, it's... Uh, you know what? Let me know when you're going to put this podcast up, and I will post that recipe to my Instagram. It'll be pretty soon. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'll be good. And it's Whiskey Bent Barbecue. BBQ. For, yeah, BBQ. Yeah. So, but no, that, that'll be awesome. Um, do we get to tell the folks about this cool event we're doing in Austin? Yeah, yeah. Brennan and I talked about it uh, a few podcasts ago. So, March 14th, uh, Chad, Solid Chad, C-Dub Solid, um, <laughs> he's going to be cooking with the whole crew for the big uh, archery country knock-on you know, black rifle. We're doing a. Everybody's coming in. We gonna, want a thousand people there, guys. Don't yeah. let us down. Yeah. Book your tickets now. Get there. Yes. Come on. Get there. It's just a full blown. It's. It's called the Smoking Man. It's not like the Burning Man. It's the Smoking Man. So it's going to be on fire right and you may get to see me fire off a couple of my first arrows oh that's right yeah chat this is cool going we're kind of going full circle so you came up to me and you said dude i'm ready i'm finally calling in the favor yeah you're like i'm ready for a (laughs) compound bow you're like i'm done with this you know shooting a crossbow sitting on the yeti cooler shit Because your first hog was at Archery Country. Yes, we cooked it was. that sucker. We did. We cooked that sucker till like midnight, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, and, and dude, how many people stayed? Everyone. Like, it was amazing. Everyone. If so, from the time we dropped it. You remember it, that teenage kid that just took that whole leg yes. and went in the corner and it just was eating on that thing? It yeah. It was just like fall off the bone full hog roast. And I mean, it was. He had barbecue sauce from, like, oh, right from ear to ear. Ear to ear. He was so deep <laughs> yes. into that freaking leg he ripped off. Oh, and my ran gosh. Away with. It was so good, though. From the time I dropped it to the time we were serving people, it was 11 and a half hours. Is that what it was? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so killer. Well, yeah. Chad's going to be shooting a bow. I'm going to get you a new bow. And then uh, we'll have to figure out what your first hunt's going to be. We'll get that done. But, uh, Dude, you've changed my life from a cooking oh, world. Man. It's like I said, it's weird to me when people say, "Oh, you should do a cookbook." I'm like, "What? I am not I have no qualifications to do a cookbook." I almost it like it'll be a kids book. That's what it'll <laughs> but be. But you know, but you know what? People would love I mean, you know, so many times we look at it and it gets back to what we were talking about earlier in the podcast, like keep it simple. You know what I mean? Like, how many great food taste buds doesn't are, have to be complex. Many, yeah, how many people's taste buds are actually that refined? Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, I like wine. Sharon and I both like wine. Yep. But there's times where we'll go to a nice restaurant and we'll, I'll have a question on, I'll be like, do you have this? And uh, let me get this sommelier. And then he'll come over and he'll talk about stuff. You know, he'll explain a bottle of wine. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, dude? <laughs> yeah know, exactly. How can you taste? The nose. The yeah, nose. How the can nose you taste that many? Like, I don't taste that many things. Yep. You know, I can taste if something's like, oh, I can taste some cherry in there. Or, or 
one of the things now is there's some um I'm not a huge beer person, but there's some dark um there's some bourbon barrel or coffee barrel stouts out right now that are really dark beers that I can taste bourbon barrel and I can actually taste coffee in. But when it comes to like, you know, I can taste that they they slightly overcooked the blackberry and <laughs> the, then, the, the the barley and is I'm just like, a little, yeah. And I I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking mm-hmm. about? You know, and from a cooking aspect it's the same way. I feel like I feel like all I want when it comes to eating or all I want when it comes to shooting is I just want consistency. Yep. If I go somewhere and I order if I order a steak, I just want to know what it tastes like. Yep. You know, there's Don't have, cover it up. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. A, we have a good Mexican restaurant in in our little town and what makes it good is when you go there, you know what it's going to taste like. You know if you order fajita, it's going to taste like this. You yep. know if you order burrito, it's going to taste like this. But when you get one and it doesn't taste like that, you're like, this is off. I wouldn't order a burrito tonight. So like, on a burrito, i got to ask this about John Dudley. On a burrito, what's your sauce you like on top? Are you a queso guy, a rancho sauce guy? Dude, we have a burrito in, um, in our town that it looks like the Indianola. Mex- it, yeah okay. yeah it looks like the uh, mexican flag it's it's the red sauce the queso sauce in the middle and the green chili tomatillo oh, sauce on the on the so you have that's the best of all worlds right so there. as you eat through it like the decision is do i start tomatillo and end on the red or oh, do i start dude. on the red hashtag decision yeah <laughs> So, so when's Harry graduating again? So I can get back to Indianola next and, year. All right. Well, there you go. We'll have to take you there. Oh, you, and you know, I got to come cook for it <laughs> for sure. I, I will tell you guys, that was one of the coolest things ever. Like me and John and uh, Sharon and Harry first meet down at Hoppy Kemper's place. And a couple of months later, John asked Harry, like, so what do you want to do for your graduation party? And well, man, I, I would love to see if Chad would come up and cook for it. And he's like, <laughs> Well, you got to call him. Let's call him. Oh, yep. And, uh, dude, it was so flattering to me. It was so awesome. And, man, what a good time to get to meet all your family and, and all the friends. And probably, I will tell you, one of my top five cooking experiences. Like, <laughs> he could have asked cool for anything. Yeah. yeah. He could have asked for anything. And yeah. he just – I'm like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to – and he just said, I don't know, you think Chad would cook? And then <laughs> – and then, yeah, you came and cooked, and it was funny how the amount of people that were there, and then it was just like these tacos I made tonight. Oh, my God. They were because so Because you started bounds, serving bro. some food, and then next thing you know, there were people walking around our backyard where I'm like, who's that guy? And here he goes, I don't know, but people are Snapchatting that the, <laughs> that the food at my party is off the hook, and people just started coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, so good though, man. It's 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 cool how this whole friendship and brotherhood's kind of just built off of it's awesome cooking a There's, hog together. You know yeah, what I mean? It's it's so killer. The fellowship around the table, it like it it crushes boundaries. Yes, it, it really does. does. It really, really and, does. And that's what I always tell people. Like, I what I love about barbecue is I don't care about your political affiliation. I don't care about anything. We can all sit around a nice plate of barbecue. And just have a damn good time. 
Yeah, the only thing that you're going to have a disagreement on is sauce you, or no sauce. Do you want to yeah, <laughs> sauce, no sauce. Okay, we know you're you've got a clear line drawn there. Now it's like do we want a freaking sugar-based sauce or do we want the vinegar-based? Vinegar-based, base, yeah, or tomato-based, yep. And it's like if you those are the only things that separate people in, you know, barbecue opinion, which is which is amazing. Totally agree. But, yeah, dude, the simple basics of what you taught me, they they stuck and they're easy to remember. Um, I feel, I don't know, I, I almost feel inadequate to to share that with people. But in the end, um, well, enough people again. are asking about yeah. it to where I'm just going to say, okay. You know, and that's part of this Knock to Fork series that I'm going to come out with myself as well. Is Do I get to make a guest appearance? You should. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should for, for sure. But, yeah, it's just like here's how I do a backstrap. Here's how I do a roast. Here's how I do a chicken. Well, well, here's well, how I, I do ribs. I, well, I, I think, though, to a lot, of, a lot of hunters, just guys I've talked to, there's a – there's field dressing – game mm-hmm. but then there's getting game prepared to cook yeah and and they're both different yeah you know what i mean and so i i think if you can give some of that insight yeah into because we all know you start with a great piece of meat mm-hmm. that's properly trimmed out properly ready to go yeah that's i mean because like we it know skipped from, a lot of steps well, yeah but, but we know from like hogs like you got to make sure you've got all that fat off of it. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's going to be rancid as hell yeah. when you cook it. So it's all these small things. If you can teach that, people are going to be so much more into taking a chance and, and, and not just grinding this off cut. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, I, I think that, that – The hard that, part about wild game is how often have we ever had a fully controlled situation where that thing's down – you need to take care of it properly from even just from an ethics point yes. of view. Yep. And it's like, can we make a two hour production out of this? Yeah. No, we can't. You know, it's almost yeah. like you need to do that in a commercial situation. And I, I've got to figure that out, but you're right. That is one of the disconnects. To, to me, I think it's almost like animals down, you take care of it ethically. You get it field dressed, and then you can come back to a cooler. Yeah. And and then almost like we would do it in Cato. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where we'd bring animals back, and, and we had that freezer. We had the, yeah, the that was wash nice. down area. That was nice. Yeah. So you almost need something like that to where you can then start breaking down the, the bigger primal cuts and then into, hey, here's what we're going to cook. Yep. And, and here, you know, when I'm taking this shoulder off, here's what I'm looking at because I know when I cook it, Here's the meat I want to make sure that's left with. Yeah. It. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely a goal. And I learn something from you every time I see you break down an animal. Okay, well what's one? We gotta we gotta wrap up here. Yep. Three minutes. Yeah, we, yeah, we got we got Yalmar and Jeremy out there waiting for yeah. uh They're like, We gotta go to dinner, dudes. It's Where are you guys going? I think we're hitting sushi. Sush. Yeah. I mean Sweet. obviously you're welcome to come, but I may have to join you guys. You should. Yeah, I, I we've love, been I, I love we've been pounding sake. red meat all day. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I wanna I wanna definitely get to a different spectrum right now. Yeah. But, um, so, dude, tell people real quick the the recipes you cooked today. So um, we know about the tacos. That was unreal. Yeah. So that was a a forward sear mean meaning I had a a big 
shoulder roast, which a lot of those cuts that people struggle with, they're really not that hard if you go low and slow. So I sear them on the front side in garlic and, and butter. We slow cooked it 225 for about 20, 24 hours, and then uh, cranked the grill up, seared a bunch of peppers and onions, you know, to where they, they, you know, those onions started to break down. Peppers looked, had a good char on them. Slice all those up, put them, put them in there. I guess, and the other thing was I did add, add about a cup or two cups of bone broth on, in that cast iron pot while, while that, um, that big roast is cooking overnight which guys bone broth always going to be richer than just regular beef broth yeah i'm not a big yeah i like the bone broth personally yep me too um and then and then let's see yeah you kind of add it all in there i don't want to give it all away because it's a a traegergrills.com forward slash recipes (laughs) um or download the app yeah or download (laughs) the app and then the other one i did was i taught how to actually prep tips and tricks on how to prep a bone-in backstrap or bone-in rack strap. So we took that large section, and I showed you how to remove that outer layer off Mm -hmm. the outside of the ribs, how to clean it out. You know, it was pretty quick. And then we went ahead and did a cook on that and then did a cook on a full elk tenderloin. And then what was crazy about that one is that was a fast and furious – tenderloin yeah. which is kind of against the grain but mind-blowingly good good yeah 450 it's literally like if you're in a rush and you need to cook in less than 15 minutes you're literally 450 degrees it's it was marinated overnight in a red wine uh marinade that i did yep. with well, and, rosemary and, 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 we and, pulled it out and if you gotta go hot and fast that's the way to do it because you have that red wine vinegar, that acid that's starting to break down the protein. Okay, maybe that's – So, okay. so that's, yeah. that's why – you know, and, and to me, I would make sure – I never knew why it worked, but it was insane. Yeah. I, I, I told them, I'm like, truthfully, I've never cooked this fast, but they kind of wanted a Fast and Furious recipe, and I thought, man, this almost seems brutal to a, to a tenderloin, but, dude, it was – Loved it. It was, yeah. What's crazy is the so the the shoulder the the street tacos off the shoulder roast was number one. I'm talking Yo, a massive was, oh. a massive cast uh-huh. iron skillet got murked here, and then um, next in line was that tenderloin, which was crazy, and that was fast and furious. And then crazily enough, number three, I would say, if I rated myself, was that bone in rack strap, which yeah. was still if that, that was, was still pretty damn if delicious. that was the only thing out there, because I brought you one Tomahawk yeah, it was piece. So good. And I'm like, dude, try this, because this is the rub that I've been really wanting to do. And you're like, dude, that was Kill awesome. It. Yeah. Well, bro, you got a buddy. I'm so proud of you, man. Oh, thank you, man. Dude, you're like half of a person. Uh, we're working on it. So, and uh all right, so we got to tell the people Austin. again. They got to come see us in Archer Country. Come see us in Austin. Yep. Uh, March 14th. We're going to be there. Big parking lot party. Knock on, everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>